0: Welcome into the Game, Set and Match Tennis Podcast. I'm Matt Brown, Radio Sport Tennis Commentator. Well, one week down, one week to go at Wimbledon. We will reflect on the first week with BBC commentator Gigi Salmon. Kiwi doubles player Artem Setak joins me to discuss his progress through to the third round in the doubles, one of two Kiwis still in the main draw along with Michael Venus. And we'll toast some Kiwi success on the ITF circuit. I speak with young New Zealander Paige Hurrigan, who is celebrating winning her first ITF Futures title in Portugal. First up, it's to London and BBC commentator Gigi Salmon. Well, let's now recap the first week at Wimbledon. And what a dramatic week, particularly among the women, where seven of the top eight seeds are out of the tournament and not through to the last 16. Uh, Quite staggering. Serena Williams, whenever she's in an event, she is the favourite for me. And uh, she is a warm favourite, I would suggest now, uh, to win yet another Wimbledon title, an eighth Wimbledon title. Uh, We'll look at the men as well, where you can't look past. For me, Roger Federer, Novak Djokovic and Rafael Nadal. Those three, I think, will get to the semis. Let's get the thoughts of Gigi Salmon, who's been covering it all for the BBC over the past week and and into the second week. Gigi, uh, my initial impressions are that it will be in the men, uh, you know, Federer, Nadal and Djokovic, I think through to the final four, they've all been very impressive, haven't they?
1: And definitely the top half where you find Roger Federer, it's difficult to find someone who's really going to challenge him because he next faces Adrian Manorini, you've got Gael Monfils, Kevin Anderson, Mackenzie McDonald, Milos Raonic, who's still really returning to full fitness there, John Isner and the next-gen star Stefanos Tsitsipas. Of course, they are all good players. Do I see any of them toppling Roger Federer? No, he's been so smooth through his first three rounds. Juan Martin Del Potro is in that bottom half. He's in a little Nadal chunk. How would that be for a quarterfinal? Juan Martin Del Potro against Rafa Nadal. For Rafa Nadal, it's Yuri A second meeting. Two left-handers up against each other. I think the most intriguing time for me is Kei Nishikuri. who came through against Nick Kyrgios. Nishakuri, the lowest seed at 24, Nick Kyrgios at 15. 15, but you're never quite sure what you'll get with Nick Kiros. but Nishikori was was very comfortable that's late into the night on Sasti against and now the Latvian has been to the semi-finals of the French Open he's had a very high ranking he's slipped down and he's talked about the mental side of things he didn't really need to do it really interested but he's got married he's become a father he's settled down and he said this run is down to hard work now he's come through qualifying to get to this round of 60 meeting with Kane Shikori. what could go against the Latvian he hasn't played an all <laughs> lot of matches the fatigue will set in but it is as you say very difficult to look past Roger Federer Novak Djokovic and through to the semi-finals the trickiest one for me out of those three getting through to the Juan Martin Del Potro comes through and then he's up against Nadal on the the
0: grass, in the quarters. Yeah, it just will be absolutely fascinating. Um, I guess Raonic too, coming back from, from injuries, um, he's looked pretty solid, hasn't he? Uh, if he serves well, he's always going to be a threat um, against whoever he plays. Um, and it could well be a, a Raonic-Isna <laughs> quarterfinal. And I start thinking the old 70-68 in the fifth set when I think of those two going head-to-head, Jeej.
1: Quite possibly. I think the advantage there would be John Ranch, He's still coming back from injuries, isn't he? He had all these different injuries that came from one injury, but he's with Goran Ivalicevic. So if anyone's going to get him up to speed and ready for the grass, it is his coach, Goran I- if ever you see that you're doing a John the match, you do wonder, and it's on grass, how long you'll be there
0: for. <laughs> OK, the women, uh, it's been staggering. Seven of the top eight seeds out of the tournament. Uh, I think four win in the first couple of days, and there's been a procession from then on. Uh, do you see anyone other than Serena now winning the title?
1: It's difficult, isn't it? I had picked Simona Halep at the start, but she obviously is still tired from winning the French Open and everything that came with after that, going back to Romania, TV shows, speaking in front of packed stadiums. It's a life-changing occasion, and I imagine it's difficult to get yourself immediately back on track and chase you away just if you're not at full focus and concentration and the bag of tricks from the player from Chinese Taipei can knock you over as it did. It's hard to look around. The bottom half of the door, which features Serena Williams, features the only player left in the top 10, Carolina Pliskova. This is the deepest she's ever gone at Wimbledon. You'd assume she's natural for this surface, being a big server, but she has struggled here. I do not see her coming through against Serena Williams elsewhere. Camilla Georgi, Ekaterina Makarova, Kiki Bertens, Julia Gogh, under the skin and out of their mind might do it because Serena Williams is... Isn't still the Serena Williams of Aldridge still working on getting the fitness and seven games, seven matches in two weeks is going to be a tough ask, but you feel the stars aligning. The top half of the draw, a lot more interesting. Angelique Kerber against the returning Belinda Pencic is fascinating. Alison van Utwijk, who defeated the defending Chester in the second round, takes on... Daria Kasatkina, who defeated Ashley Barty, has been the best player in form on grass at the moment. So there's some really intriguing matches in the top half. Can I see past Serena with everything that's happened? It was decimated, the seedings in the women's draw. You do feel that it could be the fairy tale ending. She could level Margaret Court with 24 Grand Slam titles and win her first Grand Slam since returning as a mother.
0: Gigi Salmon there looking at the singles action from the All England Club. It, of course, resumes tonight after the traditional Sunday rest day at Wimbledon. First on centre court, Roger Federer up against Adrian Manorino, followed by Serena Williams and Evgenia Radina and Yuri Vesely up against Rafa Nadal on centre court. On number one court, it'll be Kerber against Bencic, Monfils and Kevin Anderson. Hashinov and Novak Djokovic and then on number two court Pliskova against Burtons. Pliskova the highest ranked seed at seven left in the tournament Nishikori against Gulbis Del Potro and Simon Court number three Ostapenko and Sasnovic, Gerges and Vekic Izna sits a pass and on court number 12 uh, Camilla Giorgi against uh, Makarova Uh, McDonald the surprise packet from the US up against Raonic uh, and on Court 18, the Conqueror of Simona Halep, Sue Shea there from Taipei, against Sybil Kova, Alison van Utfank of Belgium, against Daria Kasatkina. Of course, there are two New Zealanders left in the uh, main draw of the doubles at Wimbledon in the third round. Uh, we're going to go there now and catch up with one of them, Artem Sitak. The other, of course, being Michael Venus. Uh, both players playing on monday uk time so overnight tonight uh clarson and venus they take on maya and sosa uh, in the third round and of course artem sitak and davish sharan of india after an incredible battle uh five sets in the second round they take on a very experienced uh, team or at least experienced players i'm not sure how much they played as a team but Artem will elaborate uh Marcin Mikowski uh, and jonathan erlich and Artem joins me. Uh, Artem, first of all, congratulations on, on getting through to the third round. I know you'll be feeling the job isn't done yet.
2: Yeah, cheers, Matt. Yeah, sure. Uh, I mean, we were really, uh, really happy to get through that second round. It was, it was incredibly tough, especially after losing the first two sets, but we stayed positive. We stayed, uh, you know, we, we stayed with our belief that we can do it. We can come back and uh, luckily we were able to do it. And uh, yeah, now we're playing Ehrlich and Matkowski. Two very experienced uh, grass court players. Uh, I lost to Matkowski actually last year. He was playing with Max Mirny in the third round, so it's kind of a kind of a déjà vu tomorrow. So uh, hopefully uh, the result's going to be
0: different. He has seen a bit of Murkowski. He Comes down to Auckland each year, plays the ASB Classic. Um, very solidly built chap, but he's he's got a very good game, isn't he? Uh, very experienced. Uh, has had some big titles and and is clearly uh, not one to mess with.
2: Yeah, his uh, his serve is absolutely massive. I think he can serve uh, around 230, 235, and on grass uh, that helps a lot. Um, so uh, that's going to be uh, difficult to return. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but we, we I think we have a good game plan. Uh, we know what we have to do. Uh, we know a little bit about their weaknesses and uh, and how we can win that match. So hopefully. We can execute tomorrow after all it all comes down to execution and who's better on that day
0: what do you like so far about your combination with david because of course it is still in the early stages only really coming together after the clay court season after the french open so you haven't had a lot of time together as yet
2: yeah um he's i mean he's a great doubles player he's just he's got the really good doubles feel he's really solid at the net um he's uh, he's left-handed so that's uh, that's a big change for me because i've never played with left-handed players so uh, um they say that's a good combination when you have a righty and lefty together and then also i think uh mentally he's very strong because uh like when we played um, yesterday and we were down to to love his mentality didn't change at all you you didn't see any doubt in his mind that we can we can actually win this and and that's uh, that's a good that's a good feeling because I was getting a bit angry uh, when we lost that second set. Uh, uh, I'm usually very positive myself, but uh, he actually uh, I was, I was, he actually was even more positive than me. So that's uh, that's great. So maybe maybe that belief uh, you know, gave us confidence that we can do it together.
0: It's an interesting doubles draw. Uh, it's one of those slams that sometimes happens like this where, where sometimes the, 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 the big-seeded teams uh, don't get through. Uh, doubles being so competitive. Uh, I was surprised to see, you know, Marak and Pavic go out early. Uh, likewise, Kubot and Mello. So, so the number one and two seeds uh, exited the tournament early. And I guess the draw opens up. We also saw the third seeds, uh, Continent and Piers, crash out. Uh, and the fourth seeds, uh, Herbert and uh, Mahu. So you've suddenly got a situation where uh, you know your section of the draw, you know, has opened up quite considerably, hasn't it? Um, uh, Brian and Sock, of course, uh, the seventh seed still there, but uh, but big opportunities. Yeah, We're, it's. Uh, carry on.
2: Sorry, I lost connection.
0: No, carry on. You're there. You've got me. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay. I, I can hear you now um yeah i mean obviously uh, you know top four seeds uh, losing first round first second round that's uh, that's very rare and uh and the draw has been op- uh, has opened up and anybody can win but i've been saying that for the last few years just looking over the last few slams um, that uh, anything is possible anybody can beat anyone uh, every match is very difficult and you take you take one match at a time and anything can happen i mean like i said before you know mike won french open and now He's in a great position also to go deep here. They're playing Meyer and Souza. Um, they were supposed to play Mark Pavic, but obviously those guys lost first round. And we were supposed to play Kubot Melo second round, and I mean third round, and then, uh, and then uh, they lost. So yeah, um, hopefully uh, we all can take advantage of that.
0: It's interesting, I mean, I know I talked to you at the French Open when you played Cabal and Farah, that was going to be, you know, arguably one of the biggest, the biggest match of your career to date. I mean, this this kind of like feels like it because you are going to be career high ranking after Wimbledon, regardless of the result tomorrow, Artem, you're closing in on the top 30 in the world, I mean, that's, that shows the consistency in the and the form that you've had this year, but... You know, clearly um, this is an opportunity isn't it and, and I suppose you know you can only take it one match at a time but I will forgive you for, for dreaming big because uh, this is a great opportunity if, if you two can keep playing well uh, to go really deep
2: Yeah of course and that was uh, that was my goal for the last uh, few years uh, two, three years I've always been saying top 30 is the goal and uh, I can get into all the Masters and, and play the big events and that's, uh, that's a goal of of most uh, doubles players ranked uh, between 30 and 60, is to to burst into into that bubble where um, where you can play masters all the time. And uh, yeah, we're really close right now. Uh, we're not going to be thinking about it tomorrow. Obviously, it's going to be just one point at a time. Uh, just uh, really enjoying uh, being at Wimbledon, uh, playing you know, on the, on the holy grass of Wim- of Wimbledon, <laughs> and uh, hopefully, hopefully we can do it tomorrow.
0: We'll see. And great stuff, Artem. Well, of course, all the very best uh, for your match uh, against uh, Ehrlich and uh, Mikowski uh, Let's hope uh, you can uh, get the job done and reach the quarterfinals.
2: Yeah. Cheers, Matt.
0: Well, of course, while Wimbledon uh, very much a centre stage of the tennis world, uh, New Zealanders do some pretty good things overseas too. and. Today we can celebrate Paige Hurrigan, who has captured her first ITF title uh, at a tournament in Portugal, uh, winning through qualifying and then uh, really racing through the main draw, winning the final over a Zimbabwean opponent uh, earlier today in straight sets uh, 6-4, 6-3. And Paige uh, joins us. Paige, uh, congratulations. Wow, thank you so much. It must be a, a pretty special feeling to uh, to have your first title, uh, only recently, of course, uh, going out on tour, having uh, come through the, the college system in the US, and to and to be making a, a really good fist of it early on must give you a lot of encouragement.
3: Yes, it's very exciting. With just my third tournament, um, being able to get a title is, is super, super cool and very good for the confidence. So I'm just excited for the rest of the summer and obviously my career ahead of me.
0: Now just tell us about the, the week in Portugal, because uh, you, you had to you know come through qualifying initially just to get into the main draw. And then you, you beat a series of players who were ranked uh, considerably, in some cases, uh, higher than yourself.
3: Um, yeah, the week in Portugal has been great. Um, I was a little bit worried coming here because obviously I was travelling by myself, but I met a few girls that I really got along with and they were watching my matches which really helped like to have somebody there to cheer you on you know in the tough times so um yeah it was just great I played some really good players and came out on top I just think it's just really good for me confidence wise um moving forward and I'm just yeah really excited.
0: And, of course, you get to the weekend and uh, and there's a qualifying, uh, I guess, nearby at another tournament, a 25K US tournament. Uh, this one you've just won as a 15. So, for the semifinals and the final, you had to play two matches in a day.
3: Yes, I did. Um, the semifinal I played and then I had to play a girl who wasn't too good. So, that was kind of a good draw for me and it wasn't too much energy that I had to use up on that but it was definitely time consuming and difficult to turn around for the next day um, and also I thought the final the next day was going to be in the morning however it wasn't so it was just difficult going back and forth with travel and everything so yeah I just it was just a little bit of a uh, I guess a learning a learning curve and stuff for next time but yeah, it was, I mean, it was pretty full on, but I'm just happy that I was able to get the win instead of losing twice
0: today. Yeah, what was the, so obviously your focus, I, I suppose, when you go into today, you know, you really want to, to perform at your best for the final, do you? and you had to play in the morning uh, the second round qualifying match. Uh, it, you, know, you never want to make excuses, but but was your mind in the right place going into that second round uh, quality quali match where you were, obviously, uh, you lost quite heavily? Yeah,
3: yeah. Um, Honestly, what was going through my mind was, oh my gosh, am I gonna have enough energy to last? And I think like the worry that I had in my head um, influenced my tennis and my performance a lot. Um, I didn't think it would and I was trying to really stay positive with myself, but the girl isn't a bad player. She really can play and uh, yeah, it was just difficult. I was just really happy that I could turn it around because losing that match this morning wasn't a good feeling going into the final, but yeah, I was just really happy to turn it around to be honest.
0: And what sort of distance between the two venues?
3: Uh, it was 30 minutes, but I mean, with traffic it can take a little bit longer and I had to wait around for cars and stuff. So it, it's just, it's not the fact that it's like 30 minutes away. It's just the fact that you have to go there and then, you know, it's just like a lot of, a lot of stuff that I guess it's uncontrollable, but just difficult when you're just trying to focus on playing tennis.
0: Now I know talking to uh, Neil Carter from Tennis New Zealand, the Fed Cup captain. Mm. He's been in quite regular contact with you, and and what other what what sort of support are you getting in terms of uh, you know as you as you start this transition from from the college uh, from the college system out in the big wide world where you are. As you say, you're on your own, and it and it's tough when you are having to go through ITF tournaments, but. But I guess the, the good news is you've won a lot of matches, and I'd imagine yeah. uh, you know your ranking is already going to go up, I think, around about 150 places from where it was last week, uh, next week. So I guess you, you're taking quite big steps in the right direction.
3: Yeah, I've been speaking to Neil most days, just kind of call him and like talk to him about my matches and how I'm feeling and stuff, and he's given me um, some advice because I had some struggles this week. So it was really good to have him there to talk. Um, Simon is also message me to let me know like to you know keep in contact with him after college and let him know but neil has been the main person i've been in contact with um it's good to have people to just speak to about that and just like kind of coach you and tell you to kind of stay on track and stuff it's just been yeah really good to have him there to talk to and also my mum too super nice to have the family cheering from so far away so it's cool
0: it is indeed, and so and Paige, uh, obviously you didn't qualify then for this this uh, event this week in Portugal, so what is the, the schedule from here going forward over the next few weeks?
3: Yeah, very disappointing, but I mean, it, I guess when you're doing so well in one tournament, it's difficult to do it for a long period of time, so I, I think I was going to burn out sometime. so I guess it's good to just have a couple of days off and recoup. I have uh, the next qualifying for the next tournament will start... Um, On Friday, um, so I have a couple of days off, but I'm in the double store here too. So I'll just stay here, kind of relax, get my... Get my legs back and get some energy back, and um, yeah, just recover and just play some doubles, and then get ready for another week ahead of me.
0: And have you set yourself a goal uh, in terms of this this initial stint? Because I understand uh, at the kind of the end of season, you're going to go back and finish a paper at college in the U.S. and then be out on you know the circuit again full time next year. Uh, so mm-hmm. what is what, what were your sort of initial goals uh, when you when you did go out uh, you know full time for this period? Um, my goal
3: was to kind of make it to 500. Um, that was the goal that I had in my mind. But obviously, like, some things happen. And right now I'm on track and I'm really, really excited. And I just hope I can continue to play good tennis. I I mean, it's always nice to have a number in mind of where you want to be. But it's all about improving also and improving my mental. So it's just, yeah, it's just super good to start off strong. And I hope I can keep it up for... Um, for the rest of the time. But in the fall, um, where I'm, when I'm taking my papers, I'll also have the opportunity to leave school and play some more pro tournaments. So that will give me another opportunity to boost my ranking.
0: And uh, just finally, too, I'd imagine you draw some inspiration when you see what Aaron Routliffe did uh, mm-hmm. in terms of, uh, you know, taking that gamble to a point, get to London, play Wimbledon Qualies and suddenly find yourself in the main draw playing the, uh, the third seeds in the French Open champions in the doubles. Uh, uh, you know, just great to see and, and, and it's good to see another Kiwi uh, excelling uh, in the women's game.
3: Yes, of course. Me and Erin are really, really, really close friends. And I've also been in contact with her a lot since I've been here. And she's been one of my biggest supporters, telling me how proud she is of me. And I've been telling her how proud I am of her because she's also doing such great things. And we've had the odd call and just kind of caught up with each other. But um, yeah, I'm so proud of what she'd done. And it was just really last minute for her. So I actually didn't even know she was going to Wimbledon until she was there. And I was like, wait, what? But, yeah, just so proud of her, and um, I'm excited to see her soon and hopefully do big things when we come back to New Zealand and play um, ASB Classic, hopefully.
0: Fantastic stuff, Paige. Well, really appreciate uh, your time, and uh, look forward to follow uh, your progress. Uh, Congratulations.
3: Thank you. Thank you so much. Nice speaking to you.
0: Page Oregon there, ending this edition of Game, Set and Match Tennis Podcast. Catch you next time when we reflect on Wimbledon. Will Roger Federer capture a ninth men's title and Serena Williams an eighth women's title? I, for one, certainly wouldn't bet against it.